Hello, welcome back. This is Fox Theatre's podcast. Uh, we are carrying on the theme of introducing you to our Motherlogs cast members. And next up, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. Who are you and where'd you come from? <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me here. Uh, yeah, just um, really excited to be here. My name is Kyling. I am from Singapore. I'm currently based in London right now. And uh, I am just very excited to be to have the opportunity to do Mother Locks with you and excited to just meet everyone and get started on this project. It's so wonderful to have you part of it because obviously we touched base beforehand when we were doing our show mm-hmm. in May and, and stuff didn't work out in, in May so it's really lovely to have you part, finally part of the crew live on stage um, for August so that's going to be really brilliant. Um, so it's this podcast as, as has been with the other two is just sort of a getting to know you and a sort of spotlight on opportunity so I think we'll start at the very beginning um so you're from Singapore um where where and why and what how did you get to, to London and what was it from so I came to London in 2015 uh to do my performance making masters at Goldsmiths um and then that finished and right now I'm here uh just trying to um start my career as a performer so um, I'm usually more uh, used to doing something with the body because my background is in physical theatre yeah but um, this is the first time that I have actually delved into um, text and um, the text that um, I have written yeah. myself yeah. So, yeah. so it's quite it's quite different um, and um, I'm also interested in comedy as well so uh, this is a this is an excellent chance for me to try and something yeah, yeah. that involves like comedy yeah absolutely and also what's brilliant with, with the motherlogs is that, that comedy comes out of it regardless because it's, it's people's life stories and, and you do find the funny in the dark yeah all of the time so it's kind of a bit more of a natural comedy as well which would be really interesting yeah and the thing about mothers is that no, somehow when you look back at least now because you have the you have the chance to look back um, when you are writing about your mother or writing about your relationship with your mother you do you are able to see the funny side of things, yeah. uh, even though it may be a bit fraught before. Yeah. yeah so yeah. having that space to kind of collate um, your experience and your memories. So. Noisy bike going by there. Ignore that. Right. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Stepping back and looking. Yeah. Yeah. And having the space to just like be able to see what was funny and what what kind of sucked before, but what appears a bit absurd and strange, but nice at the same time because, yeah. Yeah. time is a great healer I think um, and it does take that time away from the fact for you to reflect and find the funny and, and, and also just look at the wider picture I think as well sometimes you need that perspective to zoom out and be able to look at it so Goldsmiths how did you find that? Oh, Goldsmiths was fun um, I think I, that was a good uh, platform for me to try and like, test out ideas that I've always like, had at the back of my head but never really um, had a chance to really do or really experience in a practical sense. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I did work as a stage manager in Singapore before, but um, even then there was always this part of me that was going, oh, how exactly, how exactly would I approach um, this rehearsal or this scene or this performance, mm-hmm. even as I was watching from stage managers there. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, that one year was a really good chance for me to, um, uh, well, first of all, um, test my physical abilities. Yeah, and. Um, uh, just test out, just have, just like have a laboratory space, sort of. Yeah. Uh, to play yeah. around with ideas that I've always wanted to try and take to try, but um, yeah, I could never try. Yeah. So that was a good laboratory day. space. That's a really 
good way of saying it, I think. Yeah, I think um, I think perhaps I did model on something a bit more conventional, but um, my other course mates really did use that uh, masters as a kind of real laboratory. There's a lot, of, a lot more experimental um, work and um, endeavors that my course mates had. Uh, that my classmates did so um, that was also fun to watch as well mm. to see uh, very different people from very uh, very different um, backgrounds coming together to do something yeah, yeah on stage yeah that was that was an eye-opening experience yeah. yeah yeah so as a so you worked as a stage manager in Singapore and yeah. um, so did you always think you would work in the theatre was yeah. it always you were always just kind of like yep going to be doing something here yeah, I I did actually. Yeah, I just never really took my eye off performance, um, even as a kid. Because my my mom was very fond of Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, and they did travel to Singapore. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber does a crafty music. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, Anna brought me to watch a couple when I was young, and then um, I finally got a chance to do it at A levels. Um, when, um, yeah, at the A level. So. Never really took my eye off it. Yeah, and I just continued now that day. So being a stage manager was something that I had looked forward to since I was a university kid. Yeah, amazing. What's what would you say is the biggest difference from being a stage manager to them performing? What's the biggest sort of transformation that you've had to do? Mm, I think embracing the process and uh, embracing the process and the creative process in a way uh, which. Um, allow me to be a bit more flexible with the timeline um, be, be a, and be a bit more flexible with deadlines. That was the biggest thing that I had to get used to uh, when I took my when I took my focus off stage managing and like to focus on being a performer. Because um, as a stage manager, as stage manager at the end of the day, you would have to be the one to remind the director, okay, your time is up. You have to make a decision now. And um, I think a lot of your energy is always uh, dedicated to being one step ahead. Of yeah. the production to preempt the production needs. Um, I think um, it's a very stressful job, but it's a very important job. It's a vital job. It's a we very love vital them. job. We love yeah. stage managers. Yeah, treat your stage managers well, definitely. Um, but um, that when 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 you are in the thick of it as a stage manager, sometimes you, I feel, um, don't have the kind of mental space to um, really sink your teeth into a problem and go, oh, how can I? How else can I do this in a creative way? Or how else can I do this, uh, have a bit of fun with it, stretch an idea or stretch a moment in a completely different angle and then decide, okay, I'm just going to chuck it and not use it. Yeah, I think as a stage manager, I was a bit more cautious about devoting time to that. But right now as a performer, I realise, oh, I actually I actually can do it. I actually should do it. Yeah. yeah so that took a, a while. a bit more of a play element yes. to performance. Then obviously with stage management, it's management. So yeah. you have to be, like you say, to deadlines. You have to be on a schedule. You have to be... Yeah, one step ahead. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of a bit of a slave to the yeah. rather than being able to kind of be a bit more free. Yeah. And do you notice the difference in theatre from to, from Singapore to London, like the style of theatre or anything like that, or is it quite similar? Well, I think it's very. It, it was different in the sense that I, I think there's a lot more in terms of physical theatre uh, going on. There's so many different types. There are people, uh, there are performers who are um, more. Dance, so dance theatre inclined, and there are people who um, uh, use movement and text uh, very seamlessly as well. And I think that was something that I uh, I couldn't find an opportunity to do in Singapore. So I'm very happy um, to be here uh, to be able to see how 
people do this thing, this one thing differently, where they use their bodies to tell stories, and how they use their bodies and other in different mediums, in performance art, in, in, a, in a theater performance, how they use their body to yeah express an idea, to tell a story, and to share an experience with people. I think yeah. that's the that's one of the things about the more striking differences between um, Singapore and London, which I've experienced. Yeah. yeah, so more opportunities here to, to explore. Definitely, and yeah. Experiment, I guess, is yeah. the thought of it all. Um, wow, wow. And then, so you are married. Yes. Changing the subject completely. <laughs> um, were you married here or were you married in Singapore? I was married in Singapore. Okay, yes. and did he come with you? Yes, he did. Ah, yes. you led the way. No, no, actually. <laughs> well, it's kind of, it kind of happened around the same time. Yeah, we were both um, here to pursue our postgraduate studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was... Uh, it was, it, was, it was just fun that we, we got married and we started a chapter together, a, a chapter together in our lives um, in a different country. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to be able to share that. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, it's just nice to be able to have someone to, to be with at the end of the day, to also know that, okay, we are all students kind of like struggling with like different things. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. And the, um, how were your families when you said you were going to move to the other side of the world? <laughs> I guess we were it always. Yeah. Um, I mean, moving moving to a different continent is, is not is not something that one that I guess family members take lightly. Yeah. So I, I think my mom was a bit worried, um, but they've all gotten round to it. Yeah. And um, with technology nowadays, it's a bit difficult to not communicate, not be able to communicate with people. Yeah. Even it's yeah. Sometimes actually you don't want to, do you? So it would be nice to be able to. Share yeah. Them. Exactly. So yeah, actually having having technology also helps me to control the kind of communication I have with my mom. Yeah. And I think likewise, um, she's not she's not very comfortable with with Skype. Like, yeah. Half the time, like when I Skype her, I actually see just like her lower jaw. <laughs> oh, she's just the iPads underneath. Yeah, her. yeah. The like, phones underneath her. Yeah. She doesn't really get the angle right. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I can tell that she's uncomfortable with technology. So WhatsApp has been great, yeah, helping me to keep that keep that connection yeah. alive. Yeah, just trying to keep it going. Yeah, <laughs> it must be very strange as well. I think it's a generational thing, whereby for us, travel is so much more freely accessible. So to move countries, although it is a big deal, yeah. it's not that big a deal in terms of we know it's only X amount of hours in the sky. But the other generations, obviously the generations below us will probably be at some point, you know, synced with a with a machine that just gets them there in three seconds. But um, for the older generation, it's 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 a big commitment to new countries, much bigger than I think we give credit for. Because I think we're so used to flying, whereas actually it's only really been you know holidays abroad and stuff it's been a relatively recent thing. I think I'm used to the concept of flying. But I can never ever get used to my time on the plane. Yeah, it's like 12, 12 hours or maybe even 13 hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a long flight. Isn't it's a long flight. It's a long flight. What do you do? What's your in-flight entertainment? Do you uh, watch a lot of stuff, get myself sufficiently exhausted, and hope to fall asleep? Yeah. But that ra- that rarely happens. Yeah. Do you just catch up on films that you haven't seen? Yes, yes. I definitely try to do that. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I just try and tire myself out as much as I can and, and hope to fall asleep and then get to Singapore and then hope that the jet lag isn't too bad. Oh, uh, yeah. How do you find jet lag? Uh, it, it gets worse. Does it? I really knew it gets worse with age. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's bad. I just feel really drained and 
unable to function for at least four days. Wowzers, four days. Yeah. If you're only home for like a couple of weeks, that takes out quite a big chunk. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. So it takes a while to get used. Yeah, definitely. Do you get to go home very often? No, I fly home once a year. So I usually fly home during Christmas. Christmas, okay. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. It's, it's basically it's a, just a good time for because my husband turn my husband's turn finishes. So, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, nice. and um. I probably the rest for the rest of the year I would need to be here to try and like um, get involved with different projects and keep up with my um, dance training or physical theatre training. Yeah, so the end of the year is a good time for everyone to just ease off the work and go back home and catch up with family. Yeah. Yeah, before we come back and the whole crazy cycle repeats itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how long do you give yourself at home? How long? Um about three weeks. Okay, so it's quite a nice time to catch up with everyone. Then. Yeah, to catch up with food, which is very important. <laughs> yeah. Food in Singapore, there's no, the, 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 yeah, there's, there's no replacement. Do you think that's the biggest thing you miss, the food? Yes, I do. I do miss the food. I mean, oh, okay, I shouldn't be. Saying, I do miss my family, <laughs> and I miss yeah, yeah, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really do miss the food. Yeah, and um, this is a lot of, yeah, a lot of my more memorable conversa- conversations that I've had with like my mom and my friends uh, that has taken place over food I think yeah. yeah it's quite a pivotal point in everyone's day as well I think yeah. everyone kind of bases I don't know if anyone else does this but I go right okay so I'm going to have this for breakfast and then what am I going to have like, as soon as I'm done with breakfast what am I having for lunch um, and then dinner oh well but it's very important it is it is yeah it is very important and it's such a, and it's a social activity like you say like they're all yeah you tend to eat with people, so it becomes something more than just food. It becomes a conversation over a dinner yeah. table, and then after that, it becomes a memory. So yeah, yeah there is a section in um, there is a section in, in my in, in, in my text uh, for for this performance where I do have um, I do have foods that associate with yeah. the memories of my mother. Mm. Yeah, so I remember you sending that to me. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, so food, food is very important for me. Yeah, what's your favorite? Dish. What's your like? Go- as soon as you get home, what's your go-to? Don't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you visit Singapore, mm-hmm. you will understand why I cannot choose. Yeah. Um, wow, I I really don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that's this thing. It's a it's a Hokkien dish. It's called popia. Um, and it's a it's a it's actually okay. It's a spring roll, but it's not it's not fried like um, I think what you're used to seeing over here. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a thin sheet of it's a thin sheet of flour something. I'm doing a very bad job describing this, but um, it's got um, turnip, uh, prawns, a Chinese sausage, and uh, various vegetables inside. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's coated. You can have it. Uh, it's usually coated with sweet sauce. The the, the flour sheet is usually coated with sweet sauce. Uh, you may choose to have uh, chili. Very spicy chili added to it. So you can have it hot. Okay. Yeah, you can have it hot. So all of this is rolled up to kind of like a tortilla. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, and you just eat it that way, and it's amazing. Yeah, because it's, it's a burst of flavor and it's a burst of texture. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult to prepare. Mom has tried preparing it before. It's basically a, a full day operation. Yeah. It's quite intricate. Oh, I struggle with um, doing pizzas. You know, we go for a Mexican. And I cannot do fajitas when I roll it. Because as soon as I bite into it, it all just squirts out at the other end. And I've got like, there's so many like other people give me methods that they have, like tuck in the ends or like go for the middle or whatever. But every single time without fail, I've got sour cream down my top. There's absolutely no way escaping it. <laughs> That's part of the fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's the same way with the popia. Yeah, it's it's um. 
like when, when you see people prepare it, they do a very good job measuring the proportions so that you yeah. can eat it very neatly. That's the thing, isn't it? It's yeah. portion control, and I am less good with that. Yeah. I kind of just whack it all in, try and roll it. <laughs> because the filling is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's part of the magic. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, going back to your goldsmith's day, when did you leave goldsmiths? Uh, I graduated in 2016. So. I finished my final performance in June. I think I was done with the thesis and stuff by about September. Okay. Right. Yeah. So coming up to a year now. Yeah. And what have you been doing in that year? What's been keeping you busy? I was in um, a production um, by Graf Theatre. Uh, they had put on um, The Striker by Carol Churchill. And I was playing a passerby, a character called the passerby. Um, so um, that took up most of. I have to say, I saw the show, and uh, no way were you a passerby. You were in it for pretty much the entirety of the show. You must have been knackered. Oh yeah, well, yeah, that is true because um, so we we they um, Graf Theatre did it quite um, close to the script. They followed the script quite closely. So what happens is that the passerby is a character who um, goes on stage um, is enchanted by one of the uh, one of the fairies in the underworld and he or she continues dancing all the way to the end of the show and that was yes about an hour 15 minutes of dancing non-stop <laughs> it was amazing you used to disappear for like a couple of seconds just reemerge, but you've just lost a layer of clothing. Like yes. I could just see you slowly stripping under the heat, like just getting rid. <laughs> it was so intriguing. How did you find the whole process? Because obviously, Carol Churchill is, is a very unusual playwright to have to try and tackle. Yeah. Um, how did you guys tackle it? How did you start? Mm, there was um, a lot of fun as a as an ensemble member because the ensemble members were they, they basically deformed the underworld, and um, it was. Very interesting to see how the rest of my castmates um, approached physicality in terms of uh, expressing certain characters of the underworld. And these were, uh, I believe, to be um, Scottish or English fairies uh, and um, characters from the underworld. So, for example, there was the Kelpie, what else? Um, there was Yellowy Brown. Yeah, so I, it was very. Um, it was very amazing to see how different people with different um, physical backgrounds and of different ages um, bring themselves into this character and express it through their bodies. So, and, and how all of that came together because there was this scene in the in the play where um, um, jo, uh, Josie, uh, one of the main one of the lead characters, is brought to the underworld by the striker because everyone from the underworld comes out to greet her and. Having, work, having having seen everyone work on um, their physicalities individually and bring out these characters that they're supposed to portray, having all of that come together in that scene, um, it just worked so well. Yeah, when everyone everyone really spoke the same language with their bodies, and I thought that was uh, that was amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a highlight for me actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and then did anything come off the back of that? Did you go on to do anything else, or have you just been? Uh, I did. Um, so I did a photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with um, which is coming out in um, DNA Mexico, and um, so that uh, that that was a yeah that was a photo shoot that was uh, with a stylist that I worked with before. It was about she wanted to feature people in um, performance or people in uh, fashion who were who she felt was do, were, was doing things differently with their bodies and who were not uh, people who were not afraid. 
to express um, themselves physically in a different way. So uh, that was me and there was this other person, I can't remember, there, just, um, there were a couple of people involved in that shoot, uh, but people who were um, very interesting um, presentations with their, with their, with their sartorial um, decisions. So it was interesting to watch that, yeah, and to be part of that. And subsequently, I also just been for um, trying out photography on my own. Oh, nice! Yeah, how are you finding it? It's, um, it's nice for me to blend in the background. I think as a photographer, you yeah you are privy to different moments in life, uh, which people when people are not aware. I know it's a bit voyeuristic, but I I try to ignore that. They're the best. They're the best photos when people aren't aware that you're taking them. I think they capture the true essence of yes. life. So I was um, I was in Berlin and I just had a lot of fun uh, watching some kids um, playing near a fountain and um, I think I was just there near the fountain for about an hour just watching them at first. Um, so this isn't the first time I have um, taken my camera out for a spin and I think this time around I just decided I wanted to do things a bit differently. I wanted to be patient, which is not in my character. <laughs> yeah, but I I waited for yeah I just waited for a while to to watch them and to observe them and there's just something special about children who are having fun I mean there's, there's, there's no like, I just feel like it's very difficult for anyone to perform there it's just so genuine yeah, when, when the sun is out and when there's water running and they are getting wet and they enjoy it yeah that was a very nice moment to watch and that was one of the most enjoyable things I have photographed yeah, in this past year that I've been um, dealing with photography yeah, yeah. The, what I love about kids is we can't, like you say correctly, we can't replicate it because we have so much more self-awareness it's, it's, and it's not a good thing sometimes, it can inhibit you quite a lot. As, a, as an adult but also as a performer, you have that little voice in your head that goes, well why are you doing that, why are you doing that? And, and the main thing for being a performer is that you need to play, you need to be able to give yourself that reason to express yourself freely and to be able to, to just be whatever it is you want to be. And kids have that. And we learn somewhere along the way, whether it's one single moment or whether it's just a series of moments that happen to you over a course of years that just kind of you put this almost sort of like adult persona on and you kind of forget to be silly and fun when the sun comes out and there's a fountain run through it. You know, yeah. all those little moments that they all disappear eventually. And it's, I think it's, it's vital to remember that feeling, that feeling of freedom and that feeling of just, you know, I guess it's a fucking moment in adult life, um, <laughs> just going for it and seeing something yeah. doing it. And also to not be afraid of certain absurdities or irrationalities because that might give birth to something. Yeah, I, I think like the children were like, oh, because um, the, the fountain was tear, so they were trying to get up and they slipped. Yeah, but they just kept going. They just kept going, and in that in that moment, there were just so many different ways that they tried going, trying to go up the fountain, or like kept trying to splash water at someone. And from there, just so many different moments came out. Yeah, and I think yeah, you're right. I think we have a we have an like adult mode and adult visor that we put on every time we approach something. But um, being able to play and being able to do something stupid, make mistakes. And then realize, oh, that actually wasn't a mistake. Actually, something could have come out of that. Yeah, I really, I really do admire that kids are able to do that. Yeah. Well, you're gonna need it for mother logs. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's very much uh, playing and being okay with the fact that some things are wrong. 
as well. I think that's something in adulthood we struggle with. Is that fear of fear of the unknown, fear of getting it wrong, fucking up. Where it's actually the whole beautiful thing with with being in a rehearsal room, and especially for mother laws, is we are devising the show in five days. Therefore, yeah. we have to allow ourselves that that time and, and, and allow ourselves to fuck up because yeah. out of that will become something beautiful and magical and if it ends up in the bin it doesn't matter who knows no one will know yeah. and then it's the beauty of the real soul rule right I mean you fuck up there yeah yeah. you mess it up there yeah you... don't fuck up on stage <laughs> <laughs> you still fuck up on stage you're doing the rehearsal for God's sake <laughs> so are you looking forward to being part of the Camden Fringe I am I am uh, my first Camden Fringe so uh, yeah definitely looking forward to it be really fun to see how other people approach uh, how do people perform different things there's so many different things going on over there yeah there's like 300 plus shows it's crazy it's a really big festival this year it's looking really good yeah and across different venues as well yeah that's the beautiful thing with Camden Bridge it's so sprawling across the entire borough obviously we forget how big Camden Borough actually is but you know it's so massive um and yeah, it's fab. But it just at our venue, etc. Alone, there's, there's some brilliant stuff. Yeah, um, and some fantastic female projects going through as well. A friend of mine, Bridge, is currently doing a show called Bullet Hole at the etc. Um, it's on. It's on till Sunday, guys. Go and see it. Um, but that's about um, female genital mutilation. Oh, okay. and it's just a three-hander. And it's but it, you know there's some fantastic shows that are along with us sharing women's stories which I think is incredibly important um, and it just goes to show that there is a platform for that and there is a need for that and there is a want for that and yeah it's, it's brilliant to be a part of that I think. And, no, and there's an audience for, for women's stories and women who tell other women's stories I think um, it's always happy to see that I'm always happy to know that the audience for women's stories is growing yeah, and that is something that people should continue doing. I'm excited. Are you excited? I am very excited. Yeah. Um, so we start on the 14th, so just a mere 12 days to go. Um, yeah, let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready. Um, so on that note, we'll start because we've, we've been chatting for half an hour, love. Oh, didn't that fly by? No, yeah, we went, we went by really quickly. Bloody crazy. Um, so... Yeah, I will see you. Well, I'll see you for a glass of wine before the 14th, yeah. but I'll see you on the 14th the rehearsals officially. Um, and we will see you, audience members, uh, at the Exception Theatre, 23rd to the 27th of August. We're the 6.30 show, so we'll all be in the bar by quarter to eight. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Mother Logs at the Exception at the Captain Fringe. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye, and see you there.